friends, welcome to episode 75 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today and that we are on the 75th episode. Wow, 25 more episodes before we celebrate the 100th episode of Fierce Calling, and I am excited and looking forward to that, and I hope you will join me for that, friend. Thanks for being a faithful listener, and if you're new around here, well, I want to warmly welcome you, and what a great time to start listening, because today I have my friend Mary Jo Sharp with me, and she has quite a story to tell, just such a transformation uh, going from atheism to becoming a professor at Houston Baptist University. Yes, the assistant professor of apologetics at Houston Baptist University and the founder and director of Confident Christianity Apologetics Ministry. It's so cool. And her tagline on her website is answering doubts, building confidence, changing lives. So I always love those stories of transformation when someone comes from atheism to a place of faith through seeking God's truth. And we're going to talk about all of those things, her story, and how you can speak with people every day about your faith. And Mary Jo's going to give us some tips about that. So I know what she has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Mary Jo Sharp. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am so excited today to welcome my friend Mary Jo Sharp. She is a former atheist who came to faith in Christ. She is the author of the top-selling Bible study, Why Do You Believe That?, which I did with my women's group, and it was amazing, as well as Living in Truth with Lifeway Christian Resources. She's recently released her book, Why I Still Believe?, Mary Jo finds great joy in sharing the deep truths of her Lord and Savior. The Confident Christianity Ministry focuses on addressing the hard questions of Christianity with love and logic through research, writing, training, and debate. And she lives with her husband and family in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the show, Mary Jo. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I reached out to Mary Jo because I had led her Bible study in the women's group that I was leading, and it was just so impactful to me. And I was sharing with Mary Jo, I just got so much out of the Bible study because I used to feel like I needed to be defensive and protect Jesus and be defensive and be upset when other people didn't believe what I believed. And it's not the same as defending the faith. So Mary Jo, I would love if you would share a little about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I wasn't raised as a Christian. Uh, my family had moved to the Pacific Northwest when um, I was really little and they, they had stopped going to church also when I was very, very young. So I don't have many memories of church at all. Uh, more like pictures, you know, like I have a memory of a certain, you know, image of being with a bunch of kids. That's kind of it. But uh, the environment that I grew up in was one more of like relativism, meaning that, you know, what's good for you is good for you. What's good for me. It's good for me. Let's not push that on each other. And it was an environment that's not very um, considered very culturally Christian. Uh, And what I mean by that is like, there were churches on every street corner. And and I say that because I spent a a significant amount of time in the South. 
And there were actually literally churches all over the place. So it was a very different environment. And sometimes it's hard for people to understand because my name is Mary Jo and it sounds very Southern American <laughs> Bible Belt. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm actually from Portland, even though I did spend a significant amount of time in the South. So my background in Christianity, it's really next to nothing except for what I saw on TV, what I saw in the movies. So I would say it was very shallow. But what I did have was a very culturally rich background in sciences and the arts. My parents were lovers of nature and music, and um, they they instilled that in me. And in fact, um, when I was a when I was a high school senior and I was about to graduate, my high school band director, who was somebody I greatly respected, he felt a, a burden for me. And but he knew it would be you know, it's, it was kind of serious to witness to a student in the public school system. And so he had to, he, he was nervous about sharing his faith with me, but my senior year, he did finally share his faith with me and gave me a Bible. And so when you go off to college, you're going to have hard questions. I hope you'll turn to this. And he really hit me at the time when I did have a lot of questions because of that background in nature and in the sciences, I started wondering, what is this all for? Um, you know, what's the beauty of this musical experience for? Is it is it just for my current emotional experience that it doesn't really mean anything beyond that? Or what what was going on? Is this all there is in the universe? I started asking these kind of questions um, about do I matter? How do I know I matter? All of these kinds of things. And then right at that moment in my life, uh, this man that I greatly respect shares his faith with me. So um, I did read that Bible. And uh, it brought me around to thinking, oh, no, there's probably a God. <laughs> I, I need to. Yeah, I was there. Was, I talk about it in two different ways. Like I was a little nervous, <laughs> to say the least, because of the, um, the morality that I saw there in the Bible um, and my accountability to this kind of being who can create a universe you know, and here now it looks like I might be morally accountable to that powerful being. So that's what my young mind was working on. And uh, so when I went off to college, I kind of did the opposite of what we hear kids doing. Instead of going off to and losing my faith, I went off to explore faith for the first time on my own. And that's where it was in college where I trust, I found a small church who clearly explained the gospel to me and I trusted in uh, Jesus. Uh, so that was the first part of the question you asked me. And the second part was where, like, where I'm taking action, you know, with that background. So there is another piece to my background, and we may talk a little bit more about that. But uh, it was that when I got into the church, uh, I, I ended up having a lot of doubt about my faith. And that was due to what I saw inside the church. So um, that pushed me on that, that doubt about what was it that I believed in? Why did I say I believe this? That pushed me into a field called apologetics. And um, I spent some serious time. You've already talked about this uh, field. I spent serious time in this field called apologetics, which is the defense of the faith, making a case for why you believe. And uh, that's sort of where everything else is now. I'm a professor of apologetics. I've written studies which incorporate apologetics. And I have some books on how apologetics really transform my view of God and the church and my faith. Thank you for sharing that. That is fascinating how God instilled in you because he instills in us the inquisitiveness of purpose and where we came from and all of that. So all of the years that you were growing up, it 
was something that hadn't been addressed before or had anybody brought it up to you? Did you have anybody of the faith that tried to tell you about Jesus at all or? Really, it was just my high school band director. Yeah. <laughs> my, <laughs> I mean, I did have, I did have a Christian boyfriend at one time, but the family said, Hey, if you're going to date our son, you have to go to church. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> break I, hate, I hate to admit it. <laughs> I didn't actually, I, I did go to church with them, but I hate this part. I, I didn't know I had blood sugar problems at the time. So I was just sleeping through the church <laughs> services. I thought they were nice people, but yeah, pretty much. I wasn't getting anything. From it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Don't feel bad. There's probably others out there sleeping through the church services who really do love Jesus. Um, but that that's really cool that your band director was placed in your life to be the one to share the gospel truth with you. Because these days, there are so many kids that are searching. And it's just a powerful thing to have believers teachers who are in the school system, you know, who are making an impact, even sometimes if they don't say what they believe, but the kids can tell and they see a love that couldn't come from anywhere else. So that yeah. is amazing. Have you reconnected with that band director over the years? Yeah, I actually don't live too far from him right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> We, uh, when it snowed here in February, my husband and I showed up at his doorstep with our sled, like two little kids. <laughs> oh, that is so precious. But yes, really. we have reconnected <laughs> and it's funny cause he, uh, went on to be a university teacher, a band director, but he also taught music education and it was in a Christian school. So he talked about how sharing his faith with me and how, you know, you have to be careful because it is the public school system. Mm-hmm. So he actually has this opposite story to mine, but he was sharing it as well. That's great. That's great. And you showing up at his door with a sled. Well, because of him <laughs> witnessing to you, you became a child of God. So it's okay. And I mean, still... at 40 something years old, is that still acceptable? I don't know. It's, it's still, yeah, <laughs> we, we can still have fun. That is for sure. So I love that. What you had said though, was pretty powerful that when you got into the church, you started doubting your faith. It's like you you came to faith, and then when you got in the church where you would think that wouldn't happen, but it probably happens more than we think, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of the, it wasn't talked about so much. I mean, right now you're experiencing sort of a, I don't know if I want to call it a renaissance, but something like a renaissance of um, people sharing about their doubt. Mm-hmm. But back when I was starting out in church, I just didn't encounter anybody talking about it. They assumed the Bible was true. They lived as though there were no questions on, you know, how do I know this is true? Mm-hmm. They had other questions about theology or history, but yeah. not on, on Christianity as whether or not it was true. Yeah. That's so important because sometimes we'll ask a question or I know my background in different counseling settings and I'll ask somebody when they came to Christ or when did they become a Christian? When did they become a believer? And there's been times where people have said, well, I was born Christian or, you know, I have always (laughs) been a Christian. And that comes through in a lot of different faiths where you feel like, you know, you're born into something and you just believe it because someone told you about it. So I love the investigative inquisitive part of it. Because that fascinates me. I've always loved that. Uh, so 
What has been your experience with speaking in different arenas and what do you enjoy doing most about sharing this passion that you have? Oh my goodness. So many things. (laughs) All the things. Uh, Yeah. So I originally started out um, in high school knowing that I wanted to be a teacher and educator which is why I connected to my band director so well, because I went into music education first. So I've always wanted to be a teacher and apologetics helps me utilize that gift of teaching in which I can help others, you know, learn about the God that they love. So that, that has been something um, that I have enjoyed about this field of apologetics, but I also absolutely love um, talking to people who don't believe like me. (laughs) I love it. I love finding out where they're at and just being able to um, see where they are on their life journey, what they've encountered, how they're trying to find meaning and purpose in their own lives and um, being able to talk to them about my experience um, and how I've found purpose uh, to my life and how I have found meaning through Jesus Christ. So I absolutely love that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself like I'm not like a Billy Graham evangelist or anything. Mm -hmm. I just like sitting down with a cup of coffee and talking to people about where they're at. That's amazing. That's what really struck me when I went through your study, because as I said earlier, that I used to just get defensive because I would think that everybody should just believe as I do. And if they don't, they're wrong. Well, obviously what we believe is the truth. <laughs> so what other people believe is not the truth. But what I learned through your study is to listen and have these faith conversations, which can really be something that could transform someone's life through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because if I'm going to hit them over the head with the Bible, they're not going to probably want to read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've come across so many people that actually had a poor church experience and they got hurt and they don't want really anything to do with it. So, you know, taking that Bible and thumping them over the head with it is not really productive in any way. It probably, and, and actually it could just further the pain mm. that they've experienced from, you know, members of the church. So that's one of the things, you know, that I try to avoid and that I try to just, I try to minister to them. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's going out where the people are hurting and he is ministering to them right where they're at. And asking them a lot of questions about where are they at and what are they looking for? Yeah, that's important, right? So when you talk with someone, what, what does that conversation look like usually? If you could just talk a little bit about that, because I think there's so many people that struggle with having a faith conversation with someone who doesn't believe what they believe or yet maybe had believed before, but have fallen away because they, they have something that happened that could be even a miscommunication or something that they misunderstood. So how, what are some good ways that you can approach those conversations? Yeah, well, there's a couple of different elements to it. Um, one of them is that we're there to uh, love people uh, like Jesus loved them, right? Jesus loves people as a subject, you know, they're subjects of his love. They are not just like objects of evangelism. And I I think that's something that we have to shift in our thinking. So when I'm taught, you know, when I encounter a person, typically it starts with what's called phatic communication or small talk. I just, Hey, I love your hair. Or or I really, you know, tell me about your dog or something like that. So 
people are often asking me, well, how do you get into these conversations? Like, well, I start just like a normal human would start and just talk to them about whatever is right in front of me. Um, and then, you know, just as you find out, as you open that door of asking them questions about their life and who they are, and you show that you're interested, many times uh, the rule of reciprocation sort of kicks in and they want to ask you. So um, that's when you have opportunities to share about who you are, where you're at, what you believe. Uh, I know we've, we've made this in sort of a short form and that's like, wow, that sounds really great, but boy, how do you do that? (laughs) But you know, that's why I wrote the study was because there's a lot that goes into what I just said about knowing what you believe uh, that gives you the confidence to be able to live naturally as a Christian around other people and not worry. Cause when you have confidence in what you, you know, you know, your faith, you know, who you are in Christ then you can take that with you out into the world. And uh, then listening to others. I spend a lot of time listening instead. And that's, and you were talking on getting defensive sometimes because you want to say, no, 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 that's not right. But we really need to do more listening because people need that. Uh, they're hurting. They've you know had painful past life experiences. They've made bad choices sometimes. So you know we want to be there to listen to them, to see what they're looking for. And then ask them a lot of questions because questions help them figure out where they're at Mm -hmm. and what they believe. And it also helps you to engage them with what you already know and what you're comfortable talking, you know, about. So those are, those are the kinds of ways that I engage people. Um, And (laughs) again, I wish I could just walk y'all through it, but, and it's different every time I try not to make it formulaic because people are not the same. They, They come from different points. So I want to find out about every individual person that's right in front of me. Yeah, that is so helpful. And that's exactly what someone needed to hear today, because there's such a a move now for the church to be missional, because as we're hearing more and more that our country is now a mission field because Christianity (laughs) is declining and, you know, all kinds of things are happening around us and just to be able to have a conversation with someone, we don't have to make it like it's something we check off a checklist. Like I have to tell so many people about Jesus. I tell a story sometimes that I used to walk in the grocery store when I first became a follower of Christ. And I'm like, does she know Jesus? Does he know Jesus? Do they know Jesus? And and it was like, I would just feel God was saying, just just go buy your peanut butter. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know who you're supposed to talk to, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's another thing is let the Holy spirit lead you, you know, and, yeah. and people don't seem to, they don't seem to trust that sometimes, but I'll tell you what you start telling God, Hey, put somebody in my path that wants to know you. And he will. <laughs> Be careful with Jack. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, request. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah, please put someone in my path. Or who do you want me to talk to today? And so that's amazing. But I also love the fact that it can just be simplistic. Not so that faith, not saying the faith is simplistic, but I think we make it more complicated, don't we, sometimes? Yeah. I mean, we're very good at talking about almost anything. Yeah. (laughs) I like politics, education, you know, all sorts of stuff, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to what's going on in our country. And uh, so we, a lot of us are, you know, skilled in just being, uh, talking to people, but we need to translate that over into just making the faith more a natural part of what we talk about. Mm -hmm. I often tell people, if you sit down and talk with me long enough, you're going to hear about Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, or the Bible. It just comes out. I don't know how it happens, (laughs) but that's, 
partially because it's just part of who I am. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, throw it on top of things. It's just part of who I am. So I think becoming more comfortable in your faith, understanding why you believe it, getting that solid foundation for yourself. The the first Peter 315 passage, be prepared to give a defense that, you know, of the reason of, you know, why you believe in God for for the hope that is in you is what Peter says. So being one of those, a, a Christian who's really spending some time getting to know what they believe, I think that will help people sort of manage the, well, what if, (laughs) what if I ask a question and then they ask me something I don't know, you know, so learning your own faith and then just throwing yourself into experiences and seeing, well, how did you do? Because remember you don't do the saving. Mm. So a lot of people will say something like, wow, I failed because, and then they'll give me a reason, you know, they didn't come to Christ or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that always surprises me and that we all know that we don't save people like Christians. We know that. And yet we feel that burden to want to get them to say, Hey, I want to trust Jesus, but that's the work of the Holy spirit. Uh, And that's actually between every individual human and God we're commanded to tell we're given that go make disciples of all nations, you know, that kind of thing, but we're not command. We don't, we can't, we can't save people. (laughs) So just, Hopefully we can lift some of that burden off of people today and say, have these conversations, even if it's just, you know, noticing the person next to you in line at the grocery store and making a comment or you just start small. Don't, don't feel like you have to start in really big, like, Hey, do you know Jesus? But just being that redemptive life-giving source for other people in the way that you're uniquely gifted, start there, you know, with whatever you are interested in already. So beautifully said and so important for us to remember that because sometimes we do forget that our role is not is not to be God. Our role is to tell people about him. Mm-hmm. You never know what God's going to do with that. So it, it kind of really takes the heat off us, right? So that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And we don't want any heat. We want to partner with God yeah. in like life-giving service to others and joy, bringing them the light and life of Jesus. So that's yeah. beautiful. And the way that you just illuminate that and how you just speak about that so calmly and, you know, that's just the conversations that Jesus had with people, you know, and like you were saying, ask questions, uh, because I think, I don't know if I heard this right or not, but you knew the gentleman who wrote that book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Did you know him? Oh, yeah. 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 He, he was one of the people that started me out in ministry, Nabil Qureshi. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know he passed away, but we know where mm-hmm. he is. Uh, but that is an amazing thought, how God tells us. You know, the word tells us when we seek, we'll find. And how apologetics helps people start really thinking and not just taking for granted the things of faith. So that is so amazing. Is there something that you would want to share something about confident Christianity, the ministry you have, or something that would help someone today if they want to step out, but they just aren't sure what they need to do next. I know they can pray, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I would say, practically speaking, if you wanted, like, I want to do something today, pray that God will put somebody in your path, that you will notice that you will be more attentive to the the needs of the people all around you, because there are people all around you who are hurting or who are lonely and would like to be noticed, to have a conversation, pray first that God would put somebody in your path. And then 
just be available to be used, be available to ask a question. Um, for those people who are saying, okay, I got that. That's great. Now what's all this apologetic stuff? And um, so one of the things you could do is you could get the study. Uh, why do you believe that? That would give you some, you know, a, a six week study where you go every day and you read a little bit from scripture and you read some of my story and you read some of how I have conversations with people and get trained in that. So you can do that if you want more. Um, if you're like, I've heard of apologetics and I, I feel called to go further. I am a professor at Houston Baptist University and we offer a fully online master's degree. Uh, so you can get a degree in apologetics and learn these arguments very deeply. So that's another option um, at Houston Baptist University. And um, my husband and I have a show, The Pastor and the Professor. It's a Patreon show. It, we kind of have done a soft opening. So they're not, we're not rolling them out like <laughs> every single week, but we're, we're getting there. And uh, so you get to see my husband, the pastor, and me as the professor discuss all of these matters uh, and discuss how we talk to people and the, the issues that we encounter that people bring up to us. So those are some great, great ideas. You can also find me all over YouTube if you just want to watch a video. That is so cool. <laughs> so many things. I love you have that show with your husband and the name of it and all that. That is really amazing. And I also love the videos that were with the study. I know you could probably do the study without the videos, but mm -hmm. I really love the videos because in the videos you gave examples and you had these conversations. I think there was like a a gentleman you were talking to, I don't know if you were in a coffee shop and having a conversation and it was just so helpful to say, oh, okay, they're not getting in this like heated discussion and debate. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It was my atheist philosopher. Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had an atheist philosophy student who's now an atheist philosopher. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah. He was great. He was really great. He's the one that said, Hey, if I've made an error in how I've come to a conclusion, I would like to know that. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really freeing to Christians um, to say, Oh, like I can actually point something out if I disagree with you. And he's like, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you do have to put up, if you watch those videos, you have to put up with the old um, way that we used to call each other mm -hmm. <laughs> on the, oh. you know, the zoom it's not zoom it's like skype or something yeah and so it's it's actually ringing <laughs> <laughs> that's fine the video's ringing remember that yeah my friend ha that's her ringtone is a ring is a phone <laughs> it's like it just brings back memories you know <laughs> yes but, yes you know in you know that time when you didn't know who was calling you you had no idea <laughs> until you answered the phone so yeah, yeah that was that was a different time Different place, different time. But I, I really love that. I love how you have brought out that people can find you on YouTube. What is your website, how people can connect with you, Mary Jo? Oh, my own website is uh, maryjosharp.com. You can also get there through confidentchristianity.com. If you go to my resources page, there's a lot of resources. So you can get started um, reading books, uh, watching lectures, whatever you want to do there. And then you can connect with me. All my books are on there on contact page as well. So go there, have a great time, check it all out. So good. So good. Take advantage of that in the resources on the website. And I will have all those links in the show notes so people can find you. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's just, it was just amazing how it connected because I did your study and I talk about it all the time because it made okay. such an impact on me. And then when I was on this podcaster's Zoom like kind of hangout thing for Christian podcasters. And I met your friend, Mikhail, 
Am I oh, saying his name right? Del and Rosario, it, yeah. Yes, we the apologetics guy. And guy, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny, you know how they break you out in Zoom groups so that you can have conversations on the side out of the bigger group. We were in a group together and he was talking and I just happened to mention, Oh yeah, I I remember something that was impactful for me. I did this Bible study by Mary Jo Sharp and he's like I know Mary Jo Sharp. She's been on my podcast and she's going to actually be on again, as a matter of fact. And so that was that was a pretty cool connection. So yeah, I, I may have yeah. dropped his name when I reached out, but it's all good because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and God puts us together. And it's just, it's such a blessing. I was actually even talking to, there was a girl that attended my group and she was a younger girl that attended the group with us women. We were of all different ages, but she was the youngest. And so she actually called me today and I said, remember that study? And she's like, yeah, I always talk about that study all the time to my friends. I said, well, guess who I'm interviewing today? <laughs> Mary Jo Sharp. <laughs> so anyway, it was pretty cool. Um, awesome. It is awesome, Mary Jo. Thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate it. And I hope to have you on again sometime. Yeah. Thank you, Doris. This has been really fun. Okay, friend. Well, take care and God bless you and your ministry and your family. And we will be checking out all the things that you had talked about because we want to continue to learn more about how we can reach others for Christ and defend the faith. Amen. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening, friends. Wasn't that amazing? Mary Jo is so fun to talk with. But besides that, this was such an important, important episode because it it just delves right into kingdom work and the great commission, right? We are all called to share our faith with others, but sometimes we're doing it the hard way and we really want to let the Lord lead us into who we are to speak with. And I love how Mary Jo said that if we start telling God, he puts somebody in our path um, that wants to know you, well, he will. And so we can trust in that. And I also love her quote where she said, we want to partner with God in like life-giving service to others and joy, which is so true. So friends, connect with Mary Jo on her website and check out Confident Christianity and the resources that she mentioned. I'll put those in the show notes for you. And as always, I'd love to connect with you too. So reach out to me at doraswift.com and check out my contact page and all the other tabs too, my speaking and all of that. And also don't forget to pick up Mary Jo's books because they are so, so good. And I have, I think all of them, Yeah, I do. I have all of them. So check that out. And the Bible study is really cool. And so friends, I hope you'll join me next time when I invite another woman to share how she's taking action for her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friends, have a blessed week, and I will talk to you soon.